welcome back everyone. We're kicking off season two of the podcast. You're here with Regina and Lisa. And this week we're talking to Father Edwin hey from St. Charles and Bishop Moore. You're yes, both. yes. <laughs> um, before we kind of kick into the podcast, first, what is everybody drinking? <laughs> <laughs> well, today, um, to our regular listeners, you'll know this brand when we mention it. It's been a popular brand <laughs> that we like to listen to or drink that we like to drink. Mm-hmm. Puka. Mm-hmm. I love it. And this one is nighttime because you get like in the middle of the day and you don't want to caffeinate yourself more, you know, but it's a dreamy blend of organic oat flour, lavender and lime flour. I thought it was going to taste more like lime, but it doesn't. No, it's, it's good. really smooth. The oatmeal mm-hmm. gives it like, you know, kind of like some body to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not just like a pure watery tea. Yeah, no. But not... So it's not oatmeal-y even. No, exactly. Gross. But. <laughs> no, I've never heard of oat flour before. Yeah. So it's lovely. It's very refreshing. Like Father. Great. I am drinking a iced Americano <laughs> that I made in my room. With it. <laughs> Just with my Nespresso machine. Ah, it's got some... Nespresso. Yeah, very yeah. Cool. I have about one or two pods before noon, so this is my, my second one. Um, and I don't know the name of the coffee, but it has more like a caramel notes to it. And yeah, very much more sweeter than your traditional espressos. What is the difference between regular coffee and Americano? Americano is just, so coffee with water, Mm -hmm. that's really what it is. Um, so if you have a hot Americano, it's just a shot of espresso with, I guess like maybe like six ounces of hot water. Iced Mm -hmm. Americano is like. Shot of espresso with six ounces of cold water and some ice. Oh. I just find it, it's its quick. I get caffeine in my bloodstream. <laughs> they're refreshing. They usually don't taste good, so you just want to get it over with as soon as possible. <laughs> so this is medicinal. This is very medicinal. Yes, yes, yes. Because I have a habit of like, if I leave, like leaving coffee cups everywhere or... <laughs> Like, I've got two or three, like, in my car. And then and I get them, so maybe, like, right at the bottom. Yeah. yeah. And I don't finish them, so. That's but shame I mean. on me to waste coffee. Well, that's <laughs> how I am with my tea in the morning. And I notice mm. you have an insulated mug with you, a travel yes. mug, which yeah. is very important for people who don't drink their coffee right away. I understand your yeah. fight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And just, you know. You know, being a parent, too, when you're at home, it's very easy to get distracted from your cup of tea or your cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. And so the insulation helps prolong that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can go away, come back to it. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'll extend a cup of coffee throughout the morning. That's <laughs> one of these cups. <laughs> I saw something on Facebook the other day. It was talking about how to, instructions to make iced coffee. I think it was for teachers, but I feel like this applies to all of us here, yeah. too, which was like, you know... Make the coffee in the coffee maker, pour it into your coffee mug, get distracted by 50 million things, come back to your coffee, it's ice cold. Yeah. <laughs> Iced coffee. Yeah. <laughs> Iced coffee. Yeah, that sounds like accurate. Yeah. <laughs> Italians do that. Like, not, not mm. that they get distracted and leave it out on the counter, but they make espresso one morning, drink as much as they can, the rest they put it in the fridge. And oh, they wow. have like this stockpile of iced like, espresso coffee. <laughs> and it's, mm. it's pretty delicious. Like, yeah, I don't know and how. And then they do that thing where they put on ice cream. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, oh yeah, no, they do. It's so good. It's like it's saving good. baking fat or baking grease. <laughs> I don't know if you do that, but <laughs> I've met a few people that do that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
I just have to make sure Andy doesn't hear about that because we will have like a gallon of saved bacon grease. He won't know what he wants to do with it, but he actually will just drink it right out of the can sometimes. It's <laughs> a busy man. A oh yeah. He's also gonna die pretty soon from a heart attack. <laughs> Uh, so now did you learn that in your time in Rome? Um, I, when I went to Rome, I, yeah, there was a coffee shop right outside the apartment that we rented for the week. Mm. And every morning just, uh, I learned about iced Americanos and I, I, I actually, there's a comedian, Chris D'Elia, mm-hmm. and he, like, that's all he drinks. And yeah. I don't know about you, like, why I go to a coffee shop? So many options. It's yeah. nice to have just the one thing that you always order. And it doesn't matter like what I coffee agree. shop it is. And that way you know like, okay, this was pretty good here. Yeah. It wasn't so good here. Yeah. I'm totally like that. Yeah. Absolutely. So I've, I, it's it's great just to have that one thing that's like, this is what I order yeah. everywhere I go. And there's, I mean, there's so many pop-up coffee shops in Orlando. I mean, that's, yeah, that's true. Yeah. There's so, a lot of cool options here. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So um, why don't you tell us a little bit, give us a mini intro of sure. who you are, where you came from. Okay, well, I am a priest for the Diocese <laughs> of Orlando, and I've only been, I've been a priest for, I guess, a year and a few weeks now. I celebrated my anniversary back in uh, September 6th, so. Congratulations. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, it's, it, it went by so fast, I'll tell you. Um, I think the months leading up to my ordination felt a lot longer than the, the year. year, the first year of priesthood. <laughs> yeah. So I am currently assigned to St. Charles Borromeo. Mm-hmm. And along with that, the parochial school here at Bishop Moore and then at Morningstar. Mm-hmm. Prior to coming to St. Charles, I was at the Basilica of St. Paul's, mm-hmm. where I spent, uh, I want to say, about eight months as a priest and about a year as a deacon mm-hmm. after graduating from St. Vincent de Paul Regional mm-hmm. Seminary. Um, so I've I've enjoyed my time as a priest. <laughs> I've been learning a lot. I've had two incredible pastors to learn from and yeah. to be, you know, those those mentors for me at the beginning of priesthood. Yeah. And I think the trend now is that you don't get to be an associate for very long. Mm. And so if you have mm. good, solid, faithful, mm. incredible priests at the beginning of your priesthood, it kind of mm. sets you up to, you know, have that positive experience of, of, of being a priest and also to want to, you know, in the future, mm. uh, continue to learn and and also be, ment- be a mentor one day, you know, for the younger priest. Right. Um, so I'm not going to get too ahead of myself. I know, <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm only in my first couple months, but um, I, yeah, I've loved it. I've loved this uh, being a priest so far. So. I think that's a big part of what we wanted to talk to you about today yeah. was this idea of like transition and identity. And because you are like, you're a year into the priesthood and like, I think we understand in our society a lot how identity changes when you go through something like marriage, you know. Um, but I don't know if people necessarily know how that is for priests, you know, that you've just spent this, what they would say in marriage, like your honeymoon, it's like the honeymoon phase, you know. And like having to adjust to this new way of understanding yourself. And so I don't think a lot of people understand that that's true for priests, too. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's a big part of what we want to talk to you about today. Great. So what has that been like? What have you noticed as far as changes in your relationships and, you know, pre-ordination and post? Mm -hmm. And since you've been here at the parish and at the school, what do you feel like you've noticed? I've seen, you know, there's a kind of a little bit of background, right? I I didn't necessarily grow up in Orlando. 
went to, I began, I moved down here from New York in 2004. Mm. And so I grew up, I went to high school in Kissimmee. And then I went to, uh, my family and I would go to church at St. Catherine of Siena in Kissimmee. And so, you know, I entered seminary right out of high school. And I've, you know, nine years of seminary formation, you get to meet a lot of people. Mm. Um, and you get assigned to different different parishes. I spent 10 months at Annunciation Catholic Church for my pastoral year. Mm. Uh, I, you know, I mentioned the Basilica of St. Paul's. I spent, I think, in total, maybe about, about three years of ministry there between summer assignments, holy weeks that I spent there, mm. um, the year that I was there as a deacon. And I think just in general, like, the relationships are with parishioners, with other priests, with not just here in Orlando, but priests all over the state of Florida. Mm-hmm. Being a priest now has helped me to reconnect with some people like mm-hmm. that were part of my journey. And, I, and that's usually the way that I I try to reconnect with them. Mm-hmm. More than just like trying to, you know, hey, this is what I'm doing as a priest. Like, or this is this is why, you know, what's, what's to do with your life? But it's, we catch up eventually, but it's usually trying to just be grateful, you know, for the impact that they had on me, whether it was just, you know, that one dinner that they invited me to, and they happened to like run into me at an event, you know, at like at the diocese. Here at Bishop Moore is kind of cool because they've, so many of the families come from so many parishes mm. and people recognize me. Um, usually they recognize me first before I recognize them, but um, <laughs> and that's, uh, so it's great to be, to be able to reconnect with my roots, you know, mm-hmm. um, and that obviously with my family, that's also been a big, big part of my, transition into priesthood that yeah. what's changed is that I'm priest I'm father like I celebrate mass and they come to my masses or mm-hmm. they uh get excited whenever they you know mom sees me on Facebook that's some whatever like she's the first one to like it she's the first one to you know shout me out and um oh, I love it yeah yeah and you know what one experience one memory that I have of my first year of priesthood is we when we went to Rome for the canonization of St. Oscar Romero. I went with my parents and with my brother and my Mm. grandmother. And we went to the canonization and it was beautiful. And then we had two days after the canonization to, you know, just to do whatever we wanted to do. We went to Assisi. And we got to go to Assisi. And before we ascended up to to the actual, like, to the historic district where, you know, the Basilica of St. Francis is and St. Clair. And, you know, Mm. we were at the, um, Basilica of St. Mary, Queen of Angels. Mm. And I got there. I went to the sacristy, asked them if there was a you know, chapel or altar that I could use to celebrate Mass with my family. And it was just the five of us. And they had a small chapel in their sacristy. And you know, we spent, it was just a daily Mass, a regular Mass, but mm. just to spend about you know, a good 45 minutes just of us you know, just you know, soaking in the graces of the trip. And by then, I'd only been a priest maybe like a month and a half. Oh, and wow. Yeah, so I think that was a good, graceful moment to, oh, to share with my parents and my brother. Because, I mean, they still treat me like your son or their brother. And, right. And beyond that, like their cousin or mm-hmm. grandson. So, right. yeah. yeah. Uh, that had to have been amazing for them, too. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's very humbling, you know, <laughs> that these, I mean, I, I think it, as I get older now, like I'm, I'm 29. Like mm-hmm. I'll be 29 in a few weeks. And I'm like, these are, like, my parents, like, they held me as a little baby, like, you know, yeah. could they have thought, you know, like, that their son would be, you know, a priest one day. Mm. Um, and they played a role, like, right. whether I recognize it, or they recognize it, or mm-hmm. can we pinpoint exactly when, 
I knew I'd be a priest someday, but their whole as as parents, right. like, they definitely played a role in my in my vocation. Mm. So that's how kind of people that you know and are already in relationship treat you and like yeah. how that changed. Um, how about like people when you're just kind of out in the world because now you're sure. wearing the fun collar and yeah. um, you're very noticeable and like identifiable, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. which I think is part of the beautiful witness of being a priest too. So do you find that people just out in the world who don't necessarily know you treat you differently now because of that? In a way, there's, I still find that people are respectful of, of clergy. You know, mm. I think I fall under that category of they not necessarily see me as a Catholic priest, they'll see me as a clergyman or man of the garb or whatever they, you know, sometimes people get so stuck on like these like older te- like terms that yeah. uh-huh. I don't really identify with. Like it's not man of the class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I, that was, <laughs> that's not me. Like I'm not, um, never really felt comfortable wearing cassocks or like the regalia and stuff. So mm-hmm. they have their certain image, whatever, if it's Hollywood that's given them that image or if it's, you know, what they grew up with, the church. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like I was, I was, my barbers, like usually they'll, I don't have, I have one or two like here in College Park or mm-hmm. the one that I go to down at the, by my parents' house. Sometimes like when I'm on the barber chair, like, and they ask me like, how's it going? Or, you know, they recognize me as a priest and they, you know, they're genuinely interested mm. and like they ask me some sincere questions and mm. other times like I'm just there to get a haircut, you know, so I'm not, <laughs> I'm not really, um, either if it's, I'm not in the mood to entertain all of their curiosities or, mm-hmm. but it's, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a bit different, you know, if I just walked in there with a t-shirt and shorts, you know, yeah. um, at Publix, I guess I don't, I don't get really st- that many stares or whatever. Mm. Um, you know, the trying to think like at the airport that's usually when i get some either some looks or somebody just comes up to me um or it's like oh it's so nice to see young priests or mm. or if i'm sitting next to somebody on an airplane and they start rambling on about you know that they used to be catholic or currently catholic and have you know all these questions yeah um, the hospital like i find i mean we're already there in a very ministerial role yeah. um, but i've had people that you know they track me down they just feel like that I'm, I'm a, or they have a hint that I'm a Catholic priest mm-hmm. to go and pray with their loved one. So it's a very, like, yeah, very public public life, you know, yeah. that it extends beyond just when I'm here at the parish. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's a responsibility on my part, you know, to the way that I carry myself and, and how I present myself to, you know, to be kind and generous and yeah. <laughs> be courteous. Like, <laughs> I'm not, um, I, I don't try to, you know, bring you know, poor image onto the priesthood, you know, mm. or, or think that I'm just such an individual where it's like, should it matter, you know, that I'm a priest? It's like, no, it actually does. Like, right. Yeah. 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 And that makes me wonder too, like you said, that's a big responsibility to think about that and how you're also representing your brother's mm-hmm. priests and representing the church, mm-hmm. you know? And so I imagine that in your ministry, obviously you're caring for a lot of people and, also carrying that responsibility that I can imagine there'll be times where that could be a little draining, a little mm-hmm. tiring. So what, what are some ways that you've learned to take care of yourself when, when you are finding those ways to take time for yourself? Yeah. I've got this, this lazy boy that I inherited from the priest <laughs> that, that used to live, that used to be assigned to St. Charles. And maybe it's been passed on for generations and generations of priests. Like I've got a feeling that, you know, it used to be, you know, Bishop Grady's, like, lazy boy or something. Like, <laughs> it's so old, but, like, I mean, like a, a nice, like, worn down, like, leather, lazy, uh, mm-hmm. you know, recliner. That's, like, my 
where I just like sit and rest, mm-hmm. um, kind of catch up with my own thoughts, turn on a, pad- a podcast or something just mm-hmm. to, you know, hear somebody else talk. And, you know, because yeah. in some ways I'm an introvert where like mm-hmm. the way that I recharge and the way that I, I look for energy is like just resting and, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. um, uh, just taking time for myself. So, I'll, yeah. So the rectory, I don't feel guilty whenever I have to step away from the office or step away from the school and yeah. go to the rectory and um, just take some time to, to, you know, charge up. And, mm. and if I know that, you know, my evenings are going to be, you know, pretty busy with either sporting events or appointments, mm. that's, you know, afternoons, a good time for me to pray and to like, go do some exercise or just to rest or, you know, watch a show. And yeah. 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 So those things. And then, um, going out and like going by myself to get some, something to eat, like mm. enjoy dining on my own. Um, yeah watch a movie on my own mm-hmm. um, so I find those to be very relaxing mm-hmm. um, there's a the Calm app like it's a <laughs> an app that they, I, I discovered like it, it was like can't show it up on Instagram and Instagram happened I guess their algorithm said Father Edward needs the Calm app <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you need the Calm app to yeah. download it right yeah it's awesome <laughs> I actually had it playing right when you walked in That's oh yeah the birds that were playing in the background fantastic yeah, it's a great ambient it's a great <laughs> app. It's a great app. Mm-hmm. That and the the Hollow app. It's like it's mm-hmm. kind of the Catholic version of the, yeah. uh, of the Palm app. Um, we'll do like different meditations. Like so, you can do. I think there's like there was even one that was done. We did it as a staff here on the Magnificat. But you could choose how long you wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna do a meditation with Magnificat. Do you want it to be five minutes, ten minutes, thirty minutes? It's like oh, this is nice. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hollowed. Hollowed. Hollowed, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so those good, healthy way for me, you know, mm-hmm. using my phone instead of like sifting through emails and, you know, <laughs> right. getting caught up in social media. Oh, man, yeah. Uh, all the things that, I mean, they're, they have their, their, you know, their place in my life, but they're not the way that I need to, you know, re-energize or to reconnect with the Lord or to reconnect with myself. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I've got a good friend that's a, that's a, a therapist and he's a, I, I call him up every once in a while just to sit with him and I, I you know not just as a priest but as a seminary and I benefited a lot from growth counseling and mm. um, the, how the seminary made that available for me oh, that's um, awesome. so that I always was, yeah. yeah that I, was I, actually going to be my next question okay yes yeah, so I'm getting a little ahead of <laughs> <laughs> because I've heard that before you know with the younger generations of priests now that there's a lot more education about mental health and the importance of that and making sure that you get connected with someone after you're ordained and priesthood so yeah I was just curious what are your resources not just for yourself but even parishioners or mm. people that you encounter that might need some extra support some psychological support yeah yeah no I, I, I have those those psychologists or therapists that have been a part of my life and I I welcome that you know mm. welcome their advice I welcome their references or if I'm talking to somebody that I was like okay like I, I can sit with you and listen to you mm-hmm. um, I don't I try to like in a situation like that I try not to like overbear them with like my own thoughts and my own opinions or what I think is going to be good for them like yeah. I hear them out and then if it's beyond like my own you know wheelhouse then mm. I do prefer them to you know to both of you <laughs> <laughs> or to, you know uh, yeah. to you know beyond my spectrum you know yeah. I know my role you know I know that mm, spiritually right. I can walk with you but if there's something that's impeding you from 
receiving the grace that the Lord wants to provide for you. Like that's always that always stayed with me um, in my own journey. Like the Lord wanted to bestow on me and, and grant me so many blessings and like so many uh, tools and resources for me to be an effective priest or um, to continue to be a healthy and and uh, an effective and fruitful uh, Christian man. And so there were things that were keeping me from receiving those gifts and receiving those graces. So like, I definitely see the value in is, um, psychology or therapy or yeah. anything that's going to help you to um, be whole and to uh, reconnect with you know what's what's yeah what's really going to keep you going what's going to keep you um, engaged in what what you're passionate about or yeah. um, connect with the Lord so that's my yeah that's usually <laughs> my I'm very comfortable in, in talking about mm. you know my my my, my past um, mm-hmm. experiences and benefit from from psychology or from, from counseling mm-hmm. and also like just referring them um, referring people to other awesome yeah the professionals yeah yeah Yeah, it's just encouraging to know that you know anyone coming up in you that might be Mm -hmm. a priest is more informed about the importance of that and how Mm -hmm. that intersection is so important and so helpful Mm -hmm. so thanks for sharing that definitely definitely and that's my i encourage that to to the seminarians i encourage my brother priest Mm -hmm. encourage you know the lay faithful if there's Anything that's, you know, just a hint, really. There's so many ways that you could, you know, find um, help, mm-hmm. you know. And because, yeah, we're, we're human, you know. Yeah. We're, we're <laughs> earthly vessels that are trying to carry out a mission or carry out um, or live in a relationship, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, right. that, that does is demanding at times or it can call us to greater holiness or greater, um, a greater life. But there's things that hold us back. Yeah. Know? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think like kind of talking about those people with the man of the cloth mentality, like that yeah. kind of old school mentality, not understanding that that's not how the church, the church views mental health as not as something that's contrary to the faith, but absolutely works with the faith. But I think mm-hmm. there's some people who have this kind of old school mentality that psychology is opposed to right. our own spirituality and that the church has done a 180 on that. And it's, no, no, mm-hmm. um, that it's right. actually very fruitful and helpful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, we're we're integrated. We're embodied souls, right? Mm-hmm. We're body and soul. And so, if you're taking care of your mind, your heart, and your soul, right? Mm-hmm. If you're taking care of your body, your psychology, your mental health, then that's obviously taking care of your heart in a sense as well. Yeah. Um, so I always like to say that's a spiritual work as well. Mm-hmm. Doing that, mm-hmm. doing that tough work. You know, so. Yeah. Absolutely. Definitely. <laughs> Well, Father, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure to have you. And thank you for your ministry, too. I definitely know that we are praying for you. Thank you. Thank you. And just thank you for being you. All right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. If you guys have any questions for us, any topics you'd like us to talk about, don't forget to email us at thosecatholicshrinks at gmail.com. And we're looking forward to talking to you all next time. See you next time.